Hello, this is the Grab driver who was forced to say happy birthday to your friend you're delivering to. Oz. And I'm your parents' least favorite girlfriend, Ray. And welcome to Skinny, Skinny Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Skinny, Skinny Thoughts. <laughs> share Skinny Thoughts. Oh boy. Okay. All our friends watching this, listening, are probably very confused about what's going on. The reason we came up with this in 48 hours is that we got sick of screaming about Drag Race just to each other over DMs, so we're here now to inflict our screaming on the rest of the world. Okay, in seriousness, we're just going to talk through every episode of Drag Race that comes out now and how we feel out here, so we're going to steal Bob's and Raja's and Raven's and Trixie's and Katya's and Jake Yonsei's jobs. So all our friends out there who have not seen the show... What is All Stars 5? Uh, what is Drag Race or what is drag even in the first place, right? The kind most often seen on this show, RuPaul's Drag Race, is men dressing up as women or impersonating women. But IRL, the drag scene is actually a lot more diverse and it includes a lot of different stuff like drag kings, hyper-feminine queens, you have your cartoon queens, your anime queens, so on and so forth. So it's really a gigantic like little system in itself. And this is just a competition that tries and showcases many different kinds of styles. Drag Race itself is the competition to find America's next drag superstar. And All Stars is a specific season where past contestants return for another shot at the crown and a place in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. So that's what we're going to be diving into this season on Skinny Thoughts. That's right. So All Stars 5 has just kicked off. The start of every season begins with the workroom entrance, where the competing queens walk into the workroom say a catchphrase and stand there looking absolutely gorgeous. Our first entrant in AS5 was Shea Coulee, joint third and fourth place on season 9. For all our friends out there who are not familiar with this, right? Tooch is a good thing. Love. I love this outfit. And then boot is like thumbs down. And then in the rare occasion, there's the shoot, which is you, you feel like it's an absolutely religious moment and you're going to prostrate on the ground. Pro- prostrate? prostrate on the ground and bow down before the queen. So first up is Shea Coulee. She comes in in this Hawaiian Palm Springs print with this little lantern bag on the side. And for me, it's a toot. I, I really like it. It is very streamlined and very Hawaiian leisure glamour chic. Agreed. I'm going to give a shoot to this. This isn't because I love, 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 love Shay. It's a completely matching pattern from the clothes, that little cape moment on the shoulder, and I think her shoes as well, and her bag. She just walked in with a matching bag, and it was life. It gave me life. I love Shay. Yes. And right after her was Ms. Cracker, fifth on season 10. And Miss Cracker comes in wearing this nice little hourglass-shaped dress. Then it's in this lovely mint colour with many different feathers coming out. And for me, this is a toot. I was watching a lot of fashion photo reviews and Yuhua's bootleg opinions, you know, just as part of my usual consumption on the YouTubes. And I think a lot of them were commenting about how it didn't just have the really big ostrich feathers, but it also had those like little feathers peeking out, which adds a little extra oomph and texture to the outfit. So yes, very on brand for Cracker, Barbie doll fantasy, so it's a toot for me. Yes, and I thought the look just encapsulated glamour and stupid. And it's a bit campy too with the whole hair situation, the oversized hair, along with the dramaticness of the feathers. 
So it's a two. It's very cute. Next up, Alexis Mateo, who was fifth on season three of Drag Race and appeared... Did she appear on All Stars 1? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Oh my god, I'm a fake fan. She was eliminated in the fourth episode, but we do not talk about All Stars 1 for very clear reasons. But yes, Alexis entered in a very dramatic, gigantic, floor-length coat with tulle in red, white, and blue, as well as a stoned and sequined leotard in the design of the Puerto Rican flag, because she's Puerto Rican. I gave this a boot. Or, okay, let me, let me um, shield myself, preempt all the haters coming in, okay? So I gave this a boot, but, um, or at the very least, it will be a borderline toot. And the reasoning, right, um, actually I didn't realize until I, I watched Yuhua's bullet opinions. The reasoning is because the Puerto Rican flag on her leotard, it just went straight down. And it made her look like a sausage, like a Dordelano hog body. And it didn't have, like, a corset to, like, pull her in, snatch her waist. So, made her look like a sausage, which wasn't very flattering. And it was kind of another leotard, even though the Puerto Rican idea was nice. So, actually, some ideas that they had for the leotard to make it better was, of course, number one, wear a corset and cinch your waist in. But number two, right, another idea could have been to, instead of having stripes, parallel downwards, you could like indent them slightly inward at the waist to give her more of that illusion of having a thin waist and big, round, full hips. So yes, a boot because the idea is very nice, but then the execution could have been improved even more. Mm, I get what you mean, but honestly, I did toot it the first time I saw it because you have the drama of the flowy tool coats branching out everywhere, and then Leotard, in comparison to the coat, is simple, so that contrast really worked for me. She said, sickening no? Yes, I was extremely sickened. After her was Blair St. Clair, who came in ninth on season 10 of Drag Race. She came in in an all-orange ensemble, including to the makeup, which had a blue lid to contrast. Yes, Miss Blair St. Clair, I do declare... She's back and she's here to fight. And I gave her look a toot. It is very gorgeous and very glamorous, but very simple, which is very impressive because a lot of drag queens, um, they are very maximalist in their approach. But this was a very nice outfit. Number one, because it was very simple and very chic. Number two, because it was very different from what we saw her in previously, which was this just got off the bus, fresh off the bus, Girl, and now she's gone through puberty and she's this high-end supermodel. So yes, that's a toot. My notes just say she's cute as hell. That's it. That's my reasoning. That's why it's a toot. Like, it just really worked for me. Orange shoes, orange mini dress, even with the slicked back hair, which I think Cracker said she's looking all wet. And Miss Blair turned around. That's what your man said last night. Love that for her. After Blair, Mariah Paris Balenciaga, aka Miss Mariah Paris, aka Miss Mariah Successful, who was ninth on Drag Race Season 3. She had... I'm not sure how to describe the outfit. It was like... um, This purple bodysuit that's just very tight, with like black accent stripes and high black boots. How would you even describe the chest piece? It's like white, but it has like yellow accents. Yeah, it's kind of a hard, like, armor or, like, beetle shell thing with, like, cutoffs in the middle along it. Like, kind of like a chest plate idea. 
Exactly. And yeah, so, you know, just from listening to Ray try and explain the outfit, I think that already says what my thoughts are, which is, this is a boot, I'm sorry, but it, it was just a bit messy and I didn't understand what the concept was. In in Singapore, right, we call this rojak, where it's like basically this food that we have, there's a lot of random-ass ingredients thrown in it and they mix it about. Of course, in reality, it's a very nice type of food, but what we mean is that it is just a lot of different things tossed into a pot and like stirred yeah. together. Yeah, and the thing is rojak, even though the ingredients seem very disparate, it works. But unfortunately, this outfit isn't doing it for me, so it is a boot. So after Mariah, we get a gag of an entrance from Miss India Farah in this all-turquoise number. She walks in with the dress covering her face back first to reveal this intricate jewellery piece saying old school on the back before she turns around to reveal her face. And honestly, the old school thing was cool on its own, but then I learned the continental pageant reference, which makes it even cooler. Basically, the continental pageant is a lot like your usual beauty pageants, but it's specifically for female impersonators. So this was at the 2013 Miss Continental, when the past winners were doing their walk. So Mimi Marks, the 1992 winner, she walked in in this nice black leotard, turned around and the word old school was on her back. Jaws hit the floor. Gag of the century. So India did explain that reference on her Instagram and knowing that there's history behind it, that's why I gave it a toot. I wasn't sure I was going to give it because the leggings were not my thing, but it's got history. I appreciate history, so it is a toot. For me, I didn't actually know about that inspiration and history behind the outfit at all. But on its own, I would already have given it a toot. Because it's just... It's just... Chef's kiss. You know? Like, mwah. And like... It's just very well done to me. And there's just something about it that screams... Old Hollywood glamour. Which is kind of era that I really vibe with. And now knowing that the old school behind it is, is referencing not just an older type of drag, but also like a specific reference from a specific pageant. Very interesting. So it was a toot for me. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then came Jujubee. Second season, third place. All-Stars season one, third place. I hope she wins she's of Southeast Asian origin and as Southeast Asians we love our representation but it was a very interesting look it was a grey wig and a black dress it's very simple at first look but it's very effective yes and it had these little I'm not sure what what it is it's like little clips or like fasteners that go down the middle and along the sides and along the sleeves of her dress. So where those fasteners or where those clips were, there were initial slits cut into the fabric, but then fastened together with the dress. Mm-hmm. It looks like, yeah, it's like the sneaker thing. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. The yeah, yeah, metal thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. I don't know the name, but that's it. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, for me, this look was an absolute toot. Um, there was this whole running joke about Jujubee coming into All Stars 1, looking like she worked at the mall. 
and now she looks like she owns the mall because she looks like this high-end glamour executive with her hair pushed up in the away-from-the-face-I-mean-business manner. And the look itself was very simple but effective, as you said. And it was very well done because those clips or those fastener things went along the specific parts of her body that are supposed to accent her figure, right? Like what we said, we are trying to create an hourglass image, thin the waist and round out the hips. So that's exactly what the curves of those clips did. So this was a toot. Yeah, it's a toot. But special mention to them saying she looked like Grandma Barbie. <laughs> I mean, grey hair, it works. And after that was Derek Barry, arguably the world's most famous Britney impersonator. And Derek was fifth place in season eight, and his whole arc in his series was about how he's only limiting his drag to Britney Spears, but he has to like find his own identity away from Britney impersonation. So that was his whole arc, and he enters in two Britney looks. Two. To Britney. Yeah. Yeah, about that, right? It's kind of a boot because the whole time everyone knows Derek's storyline as step out of your Britney box. And even when he walked in, he was like, I'm not gonna be Britney anymore, but he entered in two Britney looks. Satisfaction in the oops, I did it again outfit. And in the first place, the idea itself is already a boot. But I also think the execution wasn't really there. Like, for example, the oops look. It wasn't very good either. You could see that the top was cut a little bit too small or too high. So it didn't actually really look like a proper top. It looked like the proportions were a bit off, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so that's... It's a boot for me too. The suit was cute, but sorry, Derek. So our ninth entry into the workroom is from Miss Mayhem Miller, 10th on season 10. It was an all red outfit. It was a leotard with red makeup and voluminous hair. Yeah, I I gave this outfit a boot. I didn't particularly enjoy it because I felt it wasn't very flattering. It made her look very large. Or maybe she just burned some pounds. But um, what do I think of the outfit? Well, it felt very kind of pedestrian. It gave me, like, kind of Monet entering All Stars 4 vibes. <laughs> Except that Monet's one was just a very simple look. So you could tell that it was meant to be very simple. But for Mayhem's, I didn't really like it because it, it wasn't simplistic in that very understated minimalist kind of way. So to me, it didn't feel very flattering at all. So I'm a bit on the fence about it because it's a boot, but I wrote toot because I can't remember when, but she got the leotard for like $15 off Amazon and we love a crafty queen. We love that enterprise. Yes, entrance room look on a budget because you're not graded on that look, honey. <laughs> and our last entrance was an ultimate fan favourite, Angina, fifth place on the very first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. It was this very, very intricate look with like a lot of shiny and glittery stuff yeah it was just beautiful like they could even hear her walking down the hallway because of how much was on it oh of course it's a toot but i think it's kind of a free win 
when you walk in with something like this, it's like draw it out on a piece of paper and then you toss it to a designer and chuck a bunch of money in it. So obviously it's a toot. But I think what can be appreciated about it is the kind of cultural nods it turns to and the representation it has. Because like we said, we stand any kind of representation that we have. And Angina is from the Philippines. So I think she said something along the lines of this was referencing like a figure called Darna. So we do love that for her. We love to see it. We love culture. We love the execution. We love the line, I was stuck in traffic. It's a two. It's a two. So all ten queens are in the workroom. And as is tradition with the first episode of an all-star season, is now the reading challenge. As RuPaul always says, in the great tradition of Paris is burning, the library is now open. This season we had special guest Ricky Martin, who was there to witness the reading. And for all our extremely confused friends, reading is... how do I say it? It's like insulting someone without directly insulting them, you get what I mean? Yeah, it's like um, being an insult comic, if you will. Yeah, yes. It's like calling you ugly, but without directly saying that. You find a funny way to say it. Yeah, or like, uh, I guess insults turned into jokes or humour, without being malignant, without malice behind them. Yeah, and there were two winners for this reading challenge. Juju B, which is to be expected, the OG reading queen, and Blessing Claire. Yep, so La Biblioteca, as Ricky Martin said, it's open. And for this reading challenge, I really love Blair. I thought she was so good. Plus, when she replied to Alexis Mateo, she was like, whatever weight I lost, you put on. And then I was like, this bitch is ready. She's ready. She's not back to play. She's back to slay. Yeah, and then Angina. Yes, Angina. I was like, um... What? She was like this little mm. kid at the playground and <laughs> trying to trying to give playground insults but she ended up just playing around, I guess. Yeah. Like Blair shocked me. Miss Ma'am really went through puberty and then some I was very shocked how incisive the reads were. We love it. And Angina, oh bless her, tight mm. sized heart. She tried her best. That's what I can see. She doesn't have a bad bone in her body. I can't I can't blame her for not being able to read. But the reads this year were pretty good. And I just want a special mention for Mariah's read to Shay. The why so emotional where she just pulled out a bunch of rose petals and scattered them. For our friends who don't get the reference, it's to the season 9 finale where Shay lost the lip sync for the crown against Sasha who used rose petals to masterful effect in her performance so as someone who has never been over that lip sync i was gagged i was really gagged yeah yeah i think it's one of the most iconic lip syncs of all time like everyone talks about the Alyssa edwards tatiana shut up and try lip sync but i think sasha's so emotional lip sync has to be one of the best and one of my favorite. I think it's also because Sasha didn't lip sync yeah. at all during her season. So I thought that number one, this was the first time we saw her lip sync, and number two, it was very masterful and artful in her own way. Yeah. So Mariah calling back or uh, clapping back to that um moment when Shay lost and probably gives her nightmares at night and she wakes up in the middle of the night <laughs> in her bed. 
was really yeah. funny. And Shay said in her workroom entrance that she felt like a letdown after losing that lip sync. So there you go, there's the insult part mixed in with the comedy. But I saw a couple of people online who were wondering like, how did Mariah know she was going to be on All Stars 5? Basically, I believe the queens, they each have a list of potential queens who will appear alongside them. And Miss Mariah came prepared. So after the reading challenge, the main focus of the episode was the queens preparing for the All-Stars variety extravaganza. During the preparation stage shown in the workroom, a huge focus of that was on the drama between Derek Berry and India Farah. So... It's a very long feud going back a while, but I'll just try and summarize it very, very briefly here. So Derek is in a throuple. That means Derek has two boyfriends, and one of his boyfriends is the drag queen Nebraska. In India, she's had over 20 years of drag experience, and she was longtime host for Drag Nights at Piranha, which is one of Vegas's largest and oldest nightclubs. But in 2017, India was suddenly fired and was replaced in December by none other than Nebraska. And the whole flame war went down online. You can Google it if you're interested. Those flames were reignited in the workroom. Well, I don't really follow queens on Twitter that much. I don't really use Twitter at all, even. So I don't really know a lot about this flame war itself. So I can't really comment on the drama itself. But as what I found really funny was Angina stirring the pot so hard, like, like she's that witch at that cauldron, spending those hours stirring the pot, you know, right? And when Derek said India comes for girls in every season, and she's a negative bitch, and I don't want anywhere her anywhere near me, and then Angina said, "I wonder if you'll come for me." And then Derek and Jojo replied, "No one's gonna come for you, girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very that. Aside from that iconic line Derek gave during the fight, you called her a pig in a wig. <laughs> it's the the show was filmed June twenty nineteen, that's a whole year ago, and I really hope they made up. But Kimora Black of season nine recently released her review of the first episode and being close friends with Derek, I think she, Kimora knows what's going on and she called India, I quote, <laughs> a diarrhea person. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what that means, but we'll see how it goes. After this whole drama in the workroom, began the all-star variety extravaganza. This is where each contestant does a short performance, which showcases their talents, as well as how far they've evolved since their original season. Interestingly, the majority of the contestants performed to their original songs, Stream Collide by Shay and Nine Lives by Blair, available on all music streaming platforms right now. So nearly everyone did an original song, but there were three who didn't. Miss Mariah Paris Balenciaga, she did a spoken word poem called Stains on the Wall, which I believe she wrote about 10 years ago. Angina did a little dance routine to a mashup of RuPaul's songs like Cover Girl, Drag Race theme song Sissy That Walk. And Derek, for once, did not do Britney. He did a series of impressions of like Madonna and Cher and Celine Dion. Who are your favourites though, Oz? Okay, so my favourites for this all-star variety extravaganza, I think my absolute favourites were Cracker and Alexis. Now, everyone, let it be known, Cracker is my absolute girl. She's my pick to win. She's my favourite, of course. So there's a lot of bias to this. 
But I love how the performance showed her like own brand of glamour plus stupid. The stupid part coming from like the front part where she walked out in the pickle and made all the pickle references like open a new jar of joy and like learn how to relish life. I'm living for it. We love a literary queen. And the stupid part also comes from when she did like the little gags where she was like, I'm a white girl, so I'm always offbeat. Or like her not being able to do splits. But then the glamour part comes from like her nice Barbie doll outfit she like revealed into from the pickle. And also her doing that cartwheel into the death drop. And RuPaul had like the same face she had when Aja did the yes. death drop. Off of the like the one and a half meter block. That did. Century. Of the millennium. And my other favourite was Alexis. Yeah. Alexis Mateo. And I think her performance was so full of fire and flavour. Yes. Right. I think it was so magnetic. Yeah, I think Alexis said she wanted to increase that because Ricky Ricky Martin was watching. Yeah, Mariah in Cracker for me. Because, like you said, Cracker's performance, very on-brand, very funny, very glamour, camp, stupid. Love that. But Mariah's Stains on the Wall performance, it's an especially timely piece. Mayhem was just right on calling her Mariah Angelou. Make the people think. Mariah's performance, especially with the all-white set, and then dipping into the buckets of red paint and splashing it on the screen. Rue was gagged. I was gagged. <laughs> I, I just loved it. It's a very, very... It was right on the nose. There's no way of predicting what could happen in like this current climate so i think it's good that this message is airing now all around i think it's a pretty strong all-star variety extravaganza and one of my other favorite moments was blair's hair flip when she was singing nine lives mm-hmm. yeah she was like doing this chorus that circle around thing and then yeah. I, I i can't do it my hair, my ponytail's too low but shout out because after i watched it i tried to yeah. learn it and i almost sprained my neck <laughs> so <laughs> that is the whole thing. It was very hard for me to decide that Mariah and Cracker were my favourites because it's a very, very close fight. Yeah. In the end, India won. But I didn't actually like India's performance that much. I think it was nice and it made clever references to the whole Drag is Not a Context board. Maybe I'm first picking her up during the lip sync um, kerfuffle. But I... I thought it was just very loud and noisy without being that that smart or funny. So I didn't actually like it that much. And on the flip side, I also didn't think on China's performance was as bad as everyone was flaming her for. Like when she came out in that little like Hot Wheels <laughs> like so race car thing, I actually yeah. thought it was very adorable and lovely. It was. It was so cute. And India, oh my god, I still can't stop thinking about her hairography where she just spun fast and then spun her head faster, flipping her hair. My head just hurts watching it. But I do understand why judges would have chosen her at the winner because during the judging part, Michelle talked about how she had this very um, public breakup with drag after her original season. But, you know, this performance really showed that evolution I think the judges were looking for. So I get why she won. As for Angina, it was very cute. It was so, so cute. But I do get why some people might think that compared to the other queens, she didn't really do as much because she hasn't been on since season one and the bar's just gone so much higher since then. 
she might have known there's a huge difference between the level of drag in season one versus now, but not expected or seen for herself exactly how big that gap is. Like, season one might as well just be a completely different show. Yeah, so Angina did end up scoring a bit low, but what was interesting was like how a lot of the girls seemed to have very safe performances, right? Yeah. For All Stars, I think that doing like for the variety show doing something similar to like singing is always very hard to clock because like it's always like oh you sing a few notes like for example like i don't even think blair's singing was really that great but i think it's always very hard to clock singing which makes it quite safe or if it's something niche that you definitely know, like Manila doing painting in AS4, or Gia doing her kabuki performance, or Shay doing pole dancing, something niche like that always seems to be quite a safe bet. I think as opposed to doing something more dancey, the kind of performance can lapse in energy much more easily. So it's not as much a safe bet, it's more a high roll or low roll kind of thing. Yeah, and in relation to safe, as a Shay stan, who loves Shay as much as Austin is whipped for Cracker, I I really wanted to love Shay's pole dance so badly. I just wanted to love it. But knowing Shay's usually level, unfortunately this time I was kind of underwhelmed. Because Shay has this thing where she can elevate her drag above the level of her competition. But I just felt like I wasn't seeing that now. I will give her credit though, because she mentioned that she'd only learned pole dancing for 10 days before she had to go and perform. And pole is a very difficult and athletic form of dance, so the fact that she could even do some of the stuff was really impressive. Yeah, that's correct. And like, when I was watching it, I saw the pole, like, I I think it wasn't very stable or something like that, or, yeah. or like, the hole where it was fixed in wasn't very, like, tight so the yeah. pole wasn't very tight in itself because I swear I thought I saw it like shaking when like she it was. was yeah I don't think it was fixed the base tightly enough so it wasn't safe perhaps but she did it and that's really good but we've seen better so I think for Shay safe was still the right call thinking about the performances as whole it's I think it's quite shocking that nearly everyone this season did original songs compared to earlier variety extravaganzas from past All-Stars where you have stuff like gymnastics, spoken word, burlesque, playing instruments as talents. I just hope future All-Stars, like, not everyone goes down that well-beaten song route because even though it's safe, you can also, like, take a risk and stand out from the crowd. Mm. But that in itself is an interesting conundrum for whoever's going on All-Stars. Like, mm. when during the variety show, do I play it very safe with a song and dance so I can live to fight another week? Or shall I do something completely different and risk it completely backfiring? That's a very big question that I don't know if I can answer, but hopefully future contestants can. No matter what, a job well done to Miss India Farah for the talent show. Yes. Right. Yes. And now, the verdict. The bottom two was Derek and Mayhem. And yep, I agreed. I did feel like they were the worst of the pack. Yeah. But I think the absolutely gag-worthy moment was, can you imagine Derek's feeling 
before the talent show, he's like shitting on India, like, you are a two-faced bitch. I don't screw with two-faced people. Now, like, he immediately needs to, like, lead his case to her. Like, mama, the drama. Wow. Yes. I'm not sure if that was part of the reason that India was chosen as the winner or whatever, but it was an excellent call to cast them on the same season. Viewership numbers. We love the producers. Smart people. About Derek needing to plead his case to India... Basically, for our friends who do not watch the show, but should, here's a quick explanation of the voting system. We're not talking about All Stars 1, but in seasons 2 to 4 of All Stars, your lip sync for your life trope from your normal seasons is subverted. So instead of your bottom two queens lip syncing, so the weaker one of them goes home, in All Stars 2 to 4, the top two queens of the week will lip sync for their legacy and whoever wins gets to choose which of the bottom queens they want to send home, taking into account stuff like friendship and their past track record. And in All Stars 5, this was scrapped in favour of what they call rumocracy, where everyone has the chance to vote for who goes home. So power is decentralised from the top two, because everyone has a say in it. Every week, one top queen will be chosen. In this case, India Farah. India will lip-sync against a lip-sync assassin who is an extremely strong competitor and performer from a past season. If India wins, she can eliminate bottom queen that she chooses to go home. If the lip-sync assassin wins, the votes of all the other queens will be taken into account and the person getting eliminated will be the person voted for by the remaining queens. So that's how rumocracy works. Wow. I was about to comment when you said power was decentralized. <laughs> That's such a GB comment. It's like, wow. Separation of powers. We love that. Come on, law school. I think another funny thing that I wanted to say was, I think during Untuck, when they were all discussing yeah. like how everyone did and like who they should vote for, and then Blair had like this like epiphany, eureka moment, and she was like, Guys, it's a rumocracy. What if we are voting and polls? <laughs> and, then, and then everyone is like, girl, what? And then they actually yeah, did vote in polls. And Mariah was like, what? Yeah, but I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And, like, and that was such an airhead But moment. I mean, she got, Blair got it right. They did have some sort of a polling booth that they vote for. I mean, realize, realize. She'd be knowing. <laughs> yeah, right. And now thoughts on the rumocracy. I think this throws an interesting wrench in the competition Mm -hmm. because friendships and congeniality with everyone becomes more important. I think Mayhem said this probably at the start of episode 2, but at the end of that day... Right, spoilers, sorry. But he said that the first elimination was a true test of her friendships. Mm. I think maybe in the past where like alliances could have been pretty viable... Now you can't just ally yourself with like any one or any few people. Like you need to be congenial to like a majority of the group to make sure that your ass stays here, even yeah. if you're in the bottom two, you know. 
So, like, what would be your strategy in this kind of game? Because there actually is a strategic advantage to keeping your friends around. A lot of the queens are like, oh, I, I, I want to be fair and I want to play fair and, like, I want to vote the objectively worst person of the show, right? Or, like, in the past, maybe, like, Morgan McMichael, she would be like, I'm just going to vote my biggest competition of the show. Bye-bye. But now, maybe you have something else to consider, right? There is actually an advantage to keeping your friends around. I cannot believe I just used my brain to discuss power being decentralized and I have to use it again to think of a strategy. Because, like, if I had to vote someone off, they would be one of these three categories. Number one, weakest. People who have been in the bottom two or more times. Strongest. You're my greatest competition. You're finally in the bottom for the first time. So if I can get you out now, I might as well. And the third category is, I just hate your guts. So it's very convenient if the person I have to choose fits multiple categories. But that means if my vote is the deciding vote, if someone else finds out how I voted, then there'd be a target on my back, right? Because what if I just destroyed an alliance I didn't know about? just because I thought one of them was my biggest threat. I think the perception of alliances has sort of been flipped on its head with this whole democracy thing, because a very prominent example of an alliance was Rolaska Talks, which began between Alaska, Roxy Andrews, and Detox, and continued when all three of them were on All Stars 2, where Rotox was saved by Alaska multiple times and made it to the finals because she kept saving them. Versus All-Stars 5, now these alliances are seen as being favourable, not just favouritism. This is very many thoughts head full for me, but let's move right along to the lip sync for your legacy. Mama the drama, freaking Evie Oddly, winner of season 11, comes out as the lip sync assassin. Like, what an absolute gag. Producers... Heads off to you. For the first episode, you already got Evie Oli out. Not to be mean to India, but when you just say it out like that, like India Farah versus Evie Oli, was there any doubt or any chance at all for India to win? Yeah, and again, this was filmed in like early to mid-June 2019. Evie's crowning was aired at the end of May. I think this was really their first time seeing Evie's skills for themselves. And I think Evie would have had something to prove too, because she received quite a bit of hate on her season, which could only have grown a lot more after she beat Brooklyn Heights for the season 11 crown. So for her to win this lip sync, it would really cement her status as a winner. So moving into the actual lip sync to Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. And wow, this was a really good lip sync. It was so good by the both of them. But in particular, Evie's lip sync, the back bend and flip up to toss off both parts of the wig around the front part of the song was so good. I also really loved that little sneaky move she was doing, like dancing around behind. Because you could really see her personality and you could see that she was like kind of goofing off and really comfortable in the lip sync already. And when she flipped to the floor and put her leg back and like her head was like thrown backwards and she was like just lip sync like, ah, I thought that was the end. Right, like it was over. Like, could you see on India's face, like, even she was blown away, you know? So, like, Evie murdered. And not even on her season, you know? Like, exactly. what? That was wild. My personal gang moment was the start of the second burst. Evie hit the floor on the split, and India skidded into her right at the start on the beat. The broke up New York City. That bit 
They even had the split in your skin. I, I just had to put it on replay. Too good, way too good. Overall, I thought it was a very fair and square win for Evie, but India couldn't have seen that coming. She held her own though, which mad props for. Since Evie being the lip sync assassin, she won that. Now the decision of who's going home goes to the rest of the queens, and their choice for first out is Derek Barry. But India's not mad though, because she said during her own little confessional that she picked Derek too, because it was, quote, a long time coming. Derek Barry is the first to sashay away. And I can't really say I didn't see it coming. I mean, right from the All-Stars reveal, Finger definitely falls first on Derek because, you know, he's always stuck in that box. And that's already the kind of storyline we have expected from him. Hmm, same. Like, I will give credit where credit is due, though, because at least Derek tried to take a risk and break away from doing Britney. Like, the attempt was there, so credit for that. It was, unfortunately, just not on the level it should have been, because although all the other girls chose safe acts by going down their well-trodden song and dance path, that just only served to highlight the flaws in Derek's set even more. I just feel Derek was in sort of a damned if I do, damned if I don't situation, because if Derek did Britney, which he's really good at, and would have been extremely safe for him, he'd have been criticised for that because he's been trying since season 8 to break out of Britney, but when given the chance to show how he's evolved beyond the Britney box, he just returned to Britney. If he did something like what he did here, taking a risk with a very not-Britney thing, well, we can see how it turned out. But I suppose it also depends what the not Britney show would be because I suspect he'd have fared better with a solid song and dance routine than with his impressions of comedy this time. In any case, it's been a year since the elimination was filmed and I hope Derek is doing better now. So, all important question at the end. Who are you looking out for this season? Like, beyond just our faves, Shay and Cracker. As it's been proclaimed, my favourite is Cracker. And if you didn't know, my favourite is Cracker. But I think it's undisputable that Shay is a powerhouse. Like like you said, her brand is kind of like just that level of excellence. So I think she is undisputably, indubitably, undoubtedly a runner for the crown. Aside from that, Jujubee can be a real contender especially if she steps her fashion game up because she definitely has the personality to go far in the competition and seeing from how she's gotten third place many times already, I think she definitely has the stuff to do it. For me, someone I'm interested in seeing is Alexis because she's been such a strong contender on her original seasons and this season has a very good mix of both older and newer queens, dating back to even the first season. So knowing how strong Alexis is historically, I really want to see how far she's going to go in this competition because she, like she has this thing with being excellent at like everything. She's funny, she's witty, she can sing, dance, act. I just want to see her take that 
to the level we know she can. But I don't want to rule out anyone completely just yet, because this is a very balanced cast, so it does hurt to see even one right. person yeah, go home. I completely agree. I guess that rounds it up for this week on Skinny Thoughts. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week for another episode of Skinny Thoughts. Let music play.